And ladies and gentlemen, we are back with a whole brand new fucking show. You got your boy Chris out here living his best life out of Panama City, Florida. Not really, but keeping it local. We got Honey <laughs> Malcolm and Teddy online yeah. for a What's hot up, y'all. We call this the uh, the SummerSlam edition. How are we doing? For this? We're not in a we're not in a pandemic. We're in a pandemic. Mm. <laughs> we're in a whole hub of heap of trouble. No, we're doing good. It's, it's, it's funny that we're dropping this episode. There's a lot of wrestling this weekend. We got a whole yeah. lot going on. We got TakeOver tonight. We got AEW's All Out. And then we got the uh, the Grin and Summer Blockbuster of known as SummerSlam in a brand new location. <laughs> brand new. The Thunderdome. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yo. Shout out to all the listeners. You know, last episode was our most played episode. You know, we worldwide out here. You know, yeah, we did our thing on our last episode. Um, UK course over here in the states um lithuania as well mm. shout out to y'all I don't, you know i didn't know we had that but you know chris, take chris must be very big over there in that demo oh we we out there <laughs> even from the land down under we got the aussies also as well listening <laughs> no people been tuning in catching up on past episodes as well catch us on spotify you know anchor and you know apple yeah. we are here on different platforms on a low budget and it's fantastic been saving out some uh, some great money. Um, fairly enough, um, you know, last night I passed by our our former home out in uh, Wyckoff and Ridgewood. Oh, the studio. Well, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, shit was. They, I believe they they back open. Still looking dusty, but it was good. It was nice. You know, we had a times where we were going in and be like, "Yo, where's that? Where's where's that engineer? Yo." He's parking his car right now. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, yo, he'll be back in an hour. What do you mean an hour? It's like, yo, but you guys can stay after, though. You guys, I give you guys an extra hour. We're not trying to record past 12 o'clock at night. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I double park. I got to step up. No, it's like, all love, though. Um, if we ever get, like, a guest, we might, we might go back there because we got the camera set up. That is true. Because there's a couple of people I, I didn't get to disclose to you guys earlier. Um, Billy's um, new spot in Williamsburg, he actually has a wrestler that's like living next to him. I haven't got a chance to meet with him yet, but when we do, I can see if he wants to join the podcast. See, give us the move give us there. the inside take. A little air on the streets. <laughs> They're like, what you what you hearing though? And um, we got to see too because of um the dude from um private party is also from Brevoort. Um, yeah. Not yeah, you know, is it Isaiah? The dark skin one. My producer knows him. They they grew up as friends. So I actually seen him one time on Utica, but he was getting on the train. So he's local. So we'll we'll meet one day. Snake T got the connections out here. <laughs> that one is a little different. We might have to run that shit by Khan and Cody first. But yeah, you know, I'm trying to do this podcast. Like, uh. He's all down for the local stuff, you know. Seeing us start doing some uh, HOG shit. But, uh, no, I don't have to go home show. Uh, yo, you won't be doing some New York shows. You better let us get that interview. <laughs> Start going in prom time. With bigger prom time, we had like a, a new invention in WWE. The the Dunder Bizone. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm kind of indifferent about this. I'm still trying to feel the whole thing out. That's cool. It's a, it's, like it's a, first, first week. It's a it's a whole lot going on. Um, 
that's all I got to say. Just a whole lot going on. Um, I've, there's been other restaurants. Yeah, it's been a, it's been wild with that. They had the um, yeah, the LED screen. Mm-hmm. Freaking, uh, from what I seen on yesterday on SmackDown, they the crowd was real good. That like the noise. I was gonna ask about that because um, I haven't watched. I was gonna ask like how how was like the noise reaction coming across. The noise across? reaction was definitely um, was loud. It's definitely. Obviously, you know, you could tell, you know, it's not the fans there, but it's it's definitely more energy than the the, the quiet shows they've been having mm-hmm. when they've been having the fucking the developmental, you know, wrestlers, hey, you know, doing a little cheering and stuff. You know, that only goes so far. No, it does. And I'm glad they got the Thunderdome for Raw and SmackDown because I think NXT being surrounded by the dev- developmental fits them more than a Raw and SmackDown roster. Yeah, yeah, that's the one thing. Like, I think that's the one thing that hasn't liked out of all the sh- three shows is um NXT, because um they used to a small niche, like, you know, the crowd gets rocking obviously over there, but the way they just do the whole production, the way the 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 um, wrestlers come out, the the whole presentation, you know how it goes mm-hmm. over there when it comes to NXT compared to uh, Raw and SmackDown. Hold on. um. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Um, and then even like I haven't watched, but I did was able to see like some um, some screen caps of the Thunderdome. And you could tell like the presentation, it, it, it's, it's giving back like a, um, a big time feel in a sense. Yeah, de- yeah, definitely. Like they definitely um, even the the the, the production and the, not even the, the the fans, but like just the lighting, everything is more up to date. Everything's more energized. Um, you know, it's only been one episode, but I'm pretty sure a lot of wrestlers are, are digging it. We'll see. Okay. Only time will tell. Yeah. I was going to ask, um, no, because they haven't done Roar yet with the Thunderdome. I was like, I was wondering how they'll do the underground with um, Thunderdome. What are you talking about? It's it's it, That's why it's called Underground. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, shit. You're missing. Yo. You're missing the concept, though. No, I'm just saying, like, there's a chance to like weave all of that together. Not having like screens around the underground, but like, like you said, like somebody be like, oh, let's take this to the underground and like showing that progression from Thunderdome to Shane McMahon's playground. Nah, Jesus. Shane, like, nah, nah, nah. So underground only. Shane loving it right now. He's grinning ear to ear. Speaking about loving it, um, did you guys see the news with um Bruce being out and Shane taking over? No, I didn't see Shane, but I seen somebody else. Oh, I saw it on Twitter. I don't know, like I, I didn't get like the full school, but it said Bruce was out and Shane was taking over. So I don't know. I, 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 I seen the um they dropped the article yesterday. I think it was on Sports Illustrated. Um, it was basically saying that even though Bruce runs both shows, mm-hmm. he's not like the creative director like he's more of the the middleman for vince. he's like i'm like, he's like i'm overseeing for vince yeah 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 that's what he's doing like he's like the final say okay like there's a there's a there's another head writer i believe his name is ed kushi it's son ed somebody i forgot his last name but um i know johnny moxie has felt some different type of way after he you know he read about the whole thunderdome thing you know he well, was he, just he pretty much just flat out and said he was just like, yeah, it's an interesting concept, but it's still gonna suck because the same person that's actually running it 
he flat out just said that. He was just like, I was seeing things during the pandemic, seeing how things were rolling out. And he just said, like, I'm glad that I'm not there. But it's it's only so far, like, it's been a year already. For what? AEW? Since, yeah, since he left. It's like, you got everything you wanted. You got to leave. You got to go to Japan. You got you got everything you wanted. You still on you still talking about them. True. Like, but honestly, no, but you, you gotta remember people are also asking him questions. It's not like he's voluntarily like I'm just gonna start making up my own podcast and I'm gonna spew. He's like people ask him and he'll say it. Yeah, he at, at this point he gotta start hearing niggas with the no comments. Like nah, that's because I was gonna say, I think I feel his gripe is that. Because we, we all know, we all talked about how toxic and just lethargic that environment was. So I can only imagine being there for so long, not seeing the light at the end of the tunnel, and then get and somehow finding yourself in a better situation. You want to take some shots. Yeah, but sense. it's like being, it's like getting out of a bad relationship, and then you got a good thing going on over here, and you still hopping on the bad thing. It's like, yo, you're never gonna, you're never gonna have freedom or just a chance of, you know. Just letting it all out. If you just keep on harping on that, like you still beating the drum on it. And uh, I get it, but also I think that goes with the whole AEW is not WWE, so it's like showing that how wrestlers that's under AEW can just like say whatever they want without towing the company line in a sense. Like AE Freedom. I'm just saying, you the champ now. AE Freedom. Well, <laughs> there's the AE Freedom card. Like if you a wrestler, Tony. Conan Khan signs you the AEW, like the AE Freedom. You just say whatever you want, but I don't need to be homophobic or bigot. Well, yeah, go ahead. Uh, they've been towing that line a little too hard. I've been waiting for Well, I really want to see how SummerSlam is going to look in the Dunderdome. The Dunderdome. Are they, I'm curious to know if they're going to have a whole different set. That's my question. I think they should, especially now that there is no crowd. You gotta at least you gotta, they gotta it up do a something. It's just like the same shit. They haven't done anything, and I think that's why um, Triple H was all he was all in. Like, let's do something completely different. Let's do something special. It's SummerSlam. Let's go ahead and fucking do it. I think Vince didn't bite on the boat idea just because it was so it's too close to Jericho's. And, and it's that's if that's even if he knows. That's even if honestly even he knows. No, I think Chris Jericho said he told he asked him one time to like, yo, let's I'm doing some boat shit. Why don't y'all send some guys over? This was before like he was kind of, this, was, this like, is probably in the beginning when he was doing yeah. the cruise. I think that honestly might have been at the beginning. Um, because I remember Chris Jericho did talk to Vince. Um, like after the fact that he after he didn't, he was just like, Hey, you know, I'm trying to book shows. And he was just like, Yeah, you could have always come to me. I would have told you when's a good time and what what are good cities to book um at certain times. And he's like, he's like, I didn't know you would allow you, you would have wanted me to kind of have that knowledge. He's like, Yeah, you could have asked me. He's like, September's a, it's a terrible time to, to book shows. Yeah. I feel I feel Vince McMahon is a little hurt with Chris Jericho right now. I think, yeah, because, you know, but at the same time, you know, you, I respect Jericho in a lot of different ways. And his take is very simple. He's like, I know that, you know, if I would have come back, it would have been the exact same thing. It, it, for someone who's been um, in the business for such a long time, like he got so much, like so much pop when he first showed up to New Japan. And this was like the first time he's been outside of 
WWE in like almost 20 years, mm-hmm. you know, and then showing up to AEW and, you know, doing a bunch of these other shows. Like it's, it's good business. He's like, this is something that's new. It's exciting. You can help build something towards like the end part of your career, you know? And the one thing I always give Jericho a lot of, a lot of praise is that throughout the years, he's been able to evolve in such a, you know, in so many different ways that there's so many layers to his character. It's never the same thing. It's always something that's on top of what he did and just makes it his own. Yeah, true. Because I was going to say, um, it's funny that we brought Jericho up because I realized how real it was not thinking because I was on WWE Shop like a couple of days ago and I remember that they had the Monday night Monday Night Jericho shirt yeah. a while back. I was like, oh, let me let me pick up a size because I think it was like a 40% nope. Old promo. Nope. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. I was like, I forgot this nigga is on yeah. the team now. Yeah, yeah. And... <laughs> they, t- they took his stuff off. I remember when they did the, um, what was it, the, uh, the Raw Anniversary show. And I was actually very surprised that they allowed Jericho to come in with his, you know, his brand new shirt that they've been selling on Pro Wrestling Tees, a Judas shirt. And I was like, oh, okay. I don't know if maybe the old man doesn't know about this or Jericho was like, hey, you know, I'm coming on. Who knows what? But I, was, I think because he wasn't tied to an American promotion. No, regardless of now, but you got to remember, you're still promoting something Japan, else. in a sense. You're, exactly. Because he you're, just came over. Yeah, and he you literally just came off of a huge match you know like not that long ago so i i found it you know very interesting because you got to remember he just he just legit did the kenny the 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 show at um at wrestle kingdom with with uh with kenny omega and then a couple of weeks later you show up in new york you're wearing your shirt it's like okay but i think that was it because he it was more like a marks like the people who know because I remember that when he showed up, he got like a big ass pop. It was because people knew he just came from Wrestle Kingdom and now he's on Raw. Like, that's like unfathomable. But I think it also goes to like think WWE and New Japan got trying to like play nice with each other. I don't know about now, but back then, it's like because they, I'm pretty sure New Japan feels acknowledged that even though it sucks that they lost their talent, but they at least know that WWE knows like they've arrived on the sense where their top talent they are looking at. But even then, like I think everyone is, everyone's in a good place. Everyone is like settled. We there isn't so much of like, well, we got to worry about this guy jumping ship. I know there was like that one article, um, that came out that there were a lot of a lot of talent that were calling AEW and just wanted to find out more more information. Mm-hmm. Like they were all about it. Um, no surprise. I wasn't surprised that Roman was not the one inquiring. I think. Um, he's, you know, he's that locker room leader now. Like he has, he has to hold that WWE flag, you know, high and proud. Like they made him that guy. So um, I'm not surprised that that happened. I remember Randy Orton was one guy who was just like, you know what? Like my contract is almost up. Not saying that I would go, but I would definitely love to have a meeting. Well, that's great for contract negotiation. You know, that probably that that brought him up and he's like, hey, Randy, we want to lock you up long term. But I know Randall was more than happy to listen. He, um, you know, even nowadays, he's still throwing, you know, like random blurbs here um, at Matt or Nick Jackson or the same thing he's been kind of tagging on with, uh, you know, with uh, 
you know, the formerly team known as the Revival now. You know, forever now, the Revival. But, you know, they, and they, they, they always throwing stuff in there. They're like, hey, you know, tell Dustin, tell this person, tell this person that, like I said, what's up? And it's just mm-hmm. kind of be going like, you know, like back and forth. And it's just, it's hilarious. I'm, I'm a sucker for some good, you know, Mark moments. You know, and then um, not too long ago, I also got a chance to uh, listen to, um, you know, Luke Gallows and uh, Carl Anderson's podcast, uh, how the whole thing kind of just transitioned. I think we were talking about it at the last show, you know, and then I got a chance to see an old episode just not too long ago from um, Being the Elite. And they brought up, um, they had like a whole setting that they kind of set up from like 2015. And if you got a chance to really listen to the podcast, they were pretty much talking about how they were in a meeting, you know, like, hey, like we're trying to get out of WWE. We've been here a year. This is not working out for us. You know, like we were thinking about jumping ship AEW. And they did this whole play on thing when they came over. They were just like, you know, apparently, you know, like I said, set back in 2015, they're wearing their Bullet Club shirts and they're like, hey, man, we're going to make this. We're going to do this. And then, you know, they get pitched. They're like, hey, you know, maybe three or four years from now, like maybe we want to be able to, you know, start our own company. You know, we don't know what's going on. And I think one of the best jabs at it towards the end, you know, Nick and Matt, they ended up leaving. And they're just like, yeah, we. Over- I'm not a spot monkey. I'm all about making the uh, the trip to New York. I want to be able to uh, to wrestle at WWE. I want to go um, wrestle for Paul, the one that doesn't lie, to, you know, in the back of us, you know, <laughs> which was like, uh, which was such an amazing jab at the whole Paul Heyman situation. They were just like, yeah, we want to be able to, you know, to hold our hands high, too sweet, and be able to tag team with Triple H. He's like, Paul is a great guy. He's the best Paul available. Yo, AJ, AJ was taking shots at him again. This week. But it was. Yeah, I'm pretty surprised that relationship never really worked out because I don't think Paul Heyman and AJ Styles, you see, you will feel like would like fit together in a sense. Yeah, Paul has talent. I think there's more than because from what, on. Yeah, I honestly feel like there's a lot of. He says, she said, because Paul Heyman, he was all for the club. You know, he was he was very like, I, I want to be able to get these guys in together. I don't know, um, because they caught one side and it was like, oh, I, I think that's probably what happened. But I don't think there isn't a true like direct line. Okay. You know, so I think is there's a lot of mis- Paul Heyman usually pretty vocal about stuff. Um, he hasn't really said anything, even on Twitter. But I think there's more to what's being said or what both guys know, to be quite honest. Yeah, because it seems so weird. Like you said, like when Paul Heyman first got on Raw, they said like his main goal was to push stars and, like you said, tacking the well actions, like yeah, build them. So and that includes AJ Styles. So like I said, he's seen. That AJ Styles is a money maker, and Paul Heyman likes to make money. Yeah, he might write bad money checks, but he likes money. Yo, <laughs> yo, bounce that comment somewhere else. No, one of the funniest things <laughs> in wrestling history is um. Yeah, you really missed that one, Terrence. No, my fault. My fucking PS3. What you said, um, Chris? Nah, that that moment passed. From uh, Malcolm <laughs> yeah. got it. Okay, I re- I'll replay when we watch the episode. But I was saying the funniest shit and like wrestling. JBL style. Yes, that's what I was going to say. When JBL was fucking bouncing the checks at Hammerstein. Yeah. <laughs> he 
is it? Like, that is so stupid. The only reason, <laughs> the only reason <laughs> you work Tuesday nights is because Triple H don't want to. <laughs> and other one when he was like Matt freaking Hardy and Edge was putting up three. Everybody hide their wives. <laughs> it's Edge. <laughs> oh man, shoot season. They don't make them like they used to anymore. No, they don't. Um. I'm trying to think, uh, for NXT Takeover, how you how you guys feeling going into um thirty? Um, just getting the dirty thirty. I'm that's a- crazy. They had twenty nine great, no bad shows. No, I can maybe say compared to NXT standards, there may have possibly been maybe one two Bunker. tops where it just wasn't NXT standard, but it was still a fucking good show. Okay. I've never been disappointed of one NXT TakeOver. That's what I mean. I have not watched any NXT TakeOver and came back like, what the fuck? And why did I watch this? From Arrival to to 30. Like, I have never seen a bad show. Do you guys have, like, any favorites um, shows in the NXT TakeOver lineage? There's a lot. I, I know there's, like, matches that I can always say was, like, you know, like, one of my favorites. Um, the first time where they did the, the War Games, yeah. that was that was a fucking stat card. Uh, mm-hmm. But there's always going to be a couple of those certain uh, TakeOver matches. For me, the one that's always going to stand up was um, Sasha and Bayley. Um, and Brooklyn win, yeah. Like, honestly, like the build up to that match was fucking great. Um, there wasn't one ass that was sitting down throughout that entire match. Emotions, <laughs> um, it was just it was perfect. It was one of those, like, for me, one of those very few matches that I, I was very emotionally involved. Like I got goosebumps towards the end, and if you can can feed me into that, like for me, you 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 got me sold. Yeah, the whole building, like the Brooklyn whole building. Was a special night. Now, was that one or was it two? Not one, because I went to two. Two was um Bailey versus Oscar. I lose I I lose all tracks in motion my, with my old age of which one. No, 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 because. Because Brooklyn won, I always remember that was the Kevin Owens and Finn Balor ladder match. Mm-hmm. Yes, and that one had the Sa- the Sasha and Bailey yeah classic, and then the second one was Samoa Joe and Nakamura yes. and Bailey versus Oscar. Yes, because I yeah because you went to one, I went to two. I went to all of them you, actually. Yeah, cause, and then we went to the one where it had the the last man standing. Um, finish with Gargano and Ciampa. Yeah, at the early stage, which was which was fucking great. The the finish to that was just honestly it was amazing. It was Every, like a mind fuck. If you everybody couldn't, if you couldn't see it. Everybody was ready to fucking rip Ciampa. Like how he just so happened to just win. It would have been maybe a double count out, and he just happened just to get up. Like gets off them from the the stage. It was fucking amazing. Yeah, I was saying because Barclays, like, if you was in a weird spot, you didn't know what the fuck was going on. Exactly. I would say though, um, um, was it Brooklyn? No, Brooklyn too. We gotta give it um the credit for 
the revival versus Champa and Gargano with the extended yeah. um finish. That mm-hmm. was fucking amazing. Um then there's always the uh the tease from the beginning where everybody thought like, wow, is this going to be it? But they pretty much we got a swerve and in the second one, that's when it really fucking happened. And a lot of people thought that it made it possibly been Gargano who would have been the one who turned heel and it just so happened to be Champa. Really? Yeah, I think a lot of people that's what a lot of people thought would end up happening. Like I think like the safe money was um Gargano face and Champa heel. But like you said, this is wrestling and people like to Try new shit because you never know what can the, the Wednesday night. Stick. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen his little gimmick now. The Wednesday night Gargano, wait, where he sits at home with um Candace and they just talk, or he just does something crazy. Yeah, that's what that's what he should now is the Wednesday night. <laughs> I was into um him and Almas. That was like one of the top tier NXT matches. Um, and no, then they tease the uh, you know the the possible reunion of DIY. Mm-hmm. And fucking the um, authors of pain back when they can still Who? enter a ring. Oh my god! Who? <laughs> oh my god! Are they still on the contract? Who? Nah, I'm pretty sure their knees just does not like the main roster. They need to come to underground. Yo, that's I, I'm waiting. Like, if that was a way to really introduce them. Bring them back, yeah, for real. I can see that they 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 could be like a like bodyguards, one hour ass kickers, the next type shit. <laughs> or they can just legit have them be bodyguards. I'm off my shift now. I'm going underground. <laughs> yeah, like some like some dude try to get me like, nah, you ain't tough enough to get in here. Like, yes, I am. Like, I right, prove it. Meet me in the back in like two minutes type shit. Someone was yeah, just. I think that I think they would be perfect for underground. Someone legit was just well. I know um, Cesar. Um, I know he, you know, he used to do MMA before. So he has some little background. He definitely has a background um, for sure. But reality, like, I'm still not sold on this underground shit. I don't know where it's leading to. What if there's an end game, or if there's a, a storyline that's supposed to be tying up to all this? I don't honestly fucking know. You I just, I just, like I, a couple I, more weeks after summer. You see, Shayna made appearance. Exactly, and her her two goons, Miss Awkward. <laughs> her two goons. Her you two call Big Bird. Big Bird. Oh, they getting it right. Oh, Big Bird, Jasmine Dukes, and Marina Shafir. Um, trying to think, anything else from any NXT? Um. Tyler Bates and Pete Dunn's uh, fucking classic. Oh yeah, Chicago fucking banger. How about even him? even Pete Dunn and Walter like that was another fucking banger. What a banger! Oh, yeah, that was a that was a good match. That was the match I was actually looking forward to the most. Yeah, for that Brooklyn card. I think a lot of people were, and that was a fucking... It's funny because when I saw it the first time, I thought it was great. I saw it the second time, and it was good, but I didn't feel like it was great. You ever just had that feeling you've watched a match again, and you're like, I have to see this, like the the spots and this and that. It doesn't... It's not the same. It's like one of those matches you see it the first time, and you're just like, wow. I think because the liveness, not knowing what's coming, and the crowd reacting live also like enhances those yeah. type of matches. 
Especially because we didn't know, like, wh- how it was, like, because especially those times where he had Walter on the ropes, like, everybody brought into it because it was live. And, like, we don't really know what's going on. I'm trying to think anything else from NXT. Um, Velveteen Dream and um, Alistair Black's that matchup in. Velveteen who? Velveteen Dream, bro. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know about him. Oh, he can actually jump into that. A lot of people are mad at WWE right now for bringing him back. Yeah, honestly, at this moment, there's a lot of... It's too many accusations. There's no really concrete evidence. Like, at this moment, you just kind of have to maybe do your own, you know, internal investigation. If you feel like it's so bad, maybe you can pull up my get it, sponsorships, all of this. But, like, we we also we also got to, like, be very conscious. It's not always going to be the exact same thing. But, you know, there's everybody's going to have their opinions. They're like, well, it happened twice. I don't know. I don't know what the facts are. The same thing with... Uh, um, with Matt Riddle, like he was also accused, and this was at the time when he was supposed to be making his debut on, you know, on the blue brand. Like, no one really knows what's up. It's not like they're gonna make you disappear, like fucking, you know, gentlemen, Jack. That's that's what they did to Austin Theory. No, because um, I think he, because he, I remember he he confessed to it, so that's yeah. already cut clear dry. It's like you know what? Because I feel you, like especially now in this kind of culture we're going to. I don't really want to see people's lives destroyed off of accusations. Exactly. And it's like, happened there, there needs to a be lot. proof. Yeah, there needs to be like understand there's accusations, but there needs to be, like you said, an investigation. Yeah. To figure out what happened. Like we just can't fire people or condemn people for accusations that could be false. That's like Enzo. How you mm-hmm. doing? You know, like this is it uh, he was the perfect example. Like he was hot, he was making two oh five lot. Um, people were just like, he's obnoxious, he's this, but he was bringing in money. The merch sale was fucking popping. He's legit, like, going to, you know, had a match over at the Rumble. Like, he was putting 205 at a whole different pace at this moment. Like, he's he's burning, he's hot, he's slinging. And you want to bring up this bullshit with no type of evidence, you know, and luckily that guy was the one who, you know, that girl's, you know, one of her closest friends exposes like, yo, you've done this shit before. You need to fucking stop. And you ended up firing him. They went from suspension to fire. I think because it was the timing. Because we talked about it before. It was the, like, maybe an hour or two before Raw 25. No. No, yes, it was. It literally was like that night. No, it was it was earlier in the day. I remember. Oh, early in the day, yes. But it was it was, still it was like the same day. It was same day, but it was earlier in the day, and then it was just like, well, he's not going to be on here. So I know there was some some stuff that um had to get scrapped because he was going to end up being involved in it. Uh, but it's the fucking life we live in. Yeah, and like you said, because Enzo too didn't really um wasn't really doing any good favors backstage. No. So especially day of Raw 25, and they already know how, like, shit right now is with sexual... Uh, they couldn't be attached to that no way, no how. No. So it was like... But they really ha- they handled the situation pretty, pretty fucking bad. And then, of course, you have people who already bashed him. Like, I don't like him in the first place. He's garbage. He's trash. I hope they throw the book at him. It's like, yo, but this is what, what fucking pisses me off about you know, dumb fucks like that. You don't know what the situation is. Everybody mm-hmm. feels that whatever gets thrown in the internet by 
no actual facts that people want to regurgitate and be like, well, this is exactly what happened. This is true. How do you know? This is a source. This is not like official police business. Yeah. You know, like, they, it's like, like same shit right now, like going on in like um, music world with the whole Megan Thee Stallion and Tory situation. Yeah. Like, I don't really have no, haven't made any judgment yet because the true story of events has not come out. Like, it's we not, know he shot her. I mean, that one is clear. It's real clear. No, he one. shot her, but it's also, like, we don't know what Allegedly. happened in that car. It's clear. Oh, come on. No, no, he shot her. No jump on the <laughs> it's clear. Come on. He's <laughs> <laughs> fucking up for all children. I don't want to get into him. Come on, man. Yeah, the, no, gun, the gun was bigger than him. The gun was bigger than him. If he was fucking around and trying to like do some like Joe Pesci shit and shoot at the floor and then so happened to bounce up, uh, why are you shooting anyway? Like, why are you shooting? Uh, his whole family are rats. You got it. <laughs> 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 yeah, who? But I think that's like one of my favorite parts in that movie when the card scene and he just be like yeah. stammering. He said, like, "You know, you're a mumbling, bumbling. You're, <laughs> you're fucking shot him. Ah, this whole family are full of rats. They all rats. But the same shit. We like. I don't like Megan can stallion can say her shit, but also we as a public has to hit Tory's side. Like he he does he deserves everybody deserves deserves to hit it. That's how the story to be. You don't deserve to be shooting a woman." That's what you want to do. And then we also have to hear the police report because that's where the whole there ain't no police report. She took up for him. She shot. No, 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 no. Still took up for this nigga. LAPD still charging him, bro. Even if she doesn't want to press charges, them niggas is charging him. Yeah. Send his ass back to Canada. Come on. Yeah. And that's the shit too, because I don't think he has like a United States citizenship. So he's technically a legal alien with a felony conviction shooting a gun. Yeah. Tough break, nigga. Tough break. Tough break. But <laughs> um, we got we had um, AEW Dynamite Saturday Night Dynamite tonight. How, how do you guys feel? What do you think TNT will be happy with ratings wise? Because there's playoffs and there's also another wrestling show on, and a much bigger wrestling show. Like for the first time, WWE has the up over Dynamite. I don't know. To be, I think. On the the viewership, I think at least it's not what you want, but I think if they can get two million, um, I think Tonight? I, I think two million viewers. I think ideally that's kind of where you would want to be your bare minimum to two point five. Okay. In terms of viewership, just for just for um for all out. You know, I think that's where it, there's going to be a huge, huge, huge difference because they're coming off from an NBA playoff game. They're being squeezed into that. And then right after that, like you're being almost like the, the pre-card for, for takeover. But in a way, you're really not. It's going to be two different channels, two different time slots. You can go from one to the other. It isn't pay-per-view. This is going to be like legit on live TV. You can go and watch it on 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 TNT, and then after that, that's done. Is like, great, we can switch over now. We can go onto the WWE network. So I think in, in a lot of ways, it works out. You got a nice, comfortable 6 p.m. slot. Okay. I don't think there should be any issues, um, honestly, at all, in my opinion. I think it, it's the best of both worlds. You get Saturday, you're prime time. You're kind of competing, but not really. It's just going to be, okay, we did this show, perfect. 
now NXT top us. Okay. I don't, I don't think they get too much. But um, TNT they they have been promoting the fuck out of Dynamite. Like if you yeah. if you was no wrestling fan and you was watching NBA playoffs on TNT, you know about some damn Dynamite. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even in, I've been I've, before COVID. I remember going into the movie theaters and they would always show Dynamite um previews. On like in the movie theaters. Um, yeah, like you know, right before they do previews, sometimes they do like those commercials. That's how it was. I'm crying. No, I, I really like to see that though because, as we all know, wrestling has been taboo in like mainstream culture for ever since Rock or no, like ruthless aggression PG era. Like it's kind of faded from mainstream in a sense. To, so to see NBA playoffs wrestling being promoted right in the corner, it, it felt pretty good. I think I also want to retract my statement. Honestly, um, I think it is just dynamite tonight. I think all out. Uh, is next week the fifth? Okay. So this week is their go home show, and next week is their TV pay per view. How many? How many shows they doing on Saturday? I think two, maybe three. That's gonna be. It's gonna be interesting when they come back on Wednesday. Yeah, like I said, I just want to see like how the ratings was gonna be, but I didn't know they were coming on before takeover, so that's actually pretty good on their part. I think they could crack maybe a milli. Let me see what game is on. Run that six o'clock slot. And the Houston OKC game. Yeah, that that series is looking like a wash just because Thunder doesn't really have any firepower to combat. So I think like second quarter, if it's like running away, they might be able to catch some viewers. Yeah. And then um wanna talk get into um SummerSlam? SummerSlam. Summer Bam. We got um got some things happening. Your man, you wanna talk about your man Randall? Randall Keith versus Drew. Mr. Mr. Legend Killer Back. Mm. You see what I think Drew I think Drew needs to go over Randy Orton here, but not like a clean decisive, maybe on like some fuckery. But I think Drew needs to win. Cause Randy Orton can still remain hot after this, but you can't have this guy that you didn't book for so good just lose to Randy Orton the first time out. It's true. Freaking um, you seen what he did your man, Rick Flair. Potentially. Allegedly, uh, and, and, my man, he also punted the shit out of HPK. <laughs> no sell. <laughs> he, he no sell. Yeah, people, I didn't watch Raw. Did he really no sell the punt? No, he did. He sold it. Yeah, because I saw on like Twitter and shit, people were like, "How can HPK be selling like this? Like this is like some joke." <laughs> I mean, Randy, Randy's been hot ever since he 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 claimed he was B B L M. B O M Orton. I would say though the WWE legends have if one thing they can pat themselves on the back, they all in a sense have made Randy Orton. Like as a collective unit, back when he first started like this legend killer business. Mm-hmm. Like, they've all taken like RKOs and punts from him. From Vince, Hulk Hogan, McFoley, Piper, Snooker. Like, almost, if you were a legend, Randy Orton has somewhat done some shit with you in the ring. 
That's that's quite true. His first run, that was the craziest shit. Like when he first started that shit, he'd be like, Yeah, he's like, I respect you. And you know you're a legend, right? They're like, oh, we're killing. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that's when he, he wowed on on Stacey Keebler. Oh, he. That was the funniest shit when you talk about Randy Orton. People, like, they don't really remember him being on SmackDown back then. Yeah, that SmackDown one was, was, it, was it was dope. That was one of him and Taker had these series of matches. No, no, no like, before, pre-evolution. Oh yeah, yeah, that was when um he got the the, the little short hair. Yeah, because I remember I used to play with him in like um here comes the pain and he had like the the blue and yellow tights. Yeah. I was with him and some guy named John John Cena, some dude we can't see. <laughs> some dude named John Cena. He didn't John Cena to come in the Thunderdome. Shit, what John Cena do? I know he in the crib board. I don't know, dude. You ever think he comes back in his last match or retirement match, or you think he he's he, he's, he bowed oh, out after. You um, seen that idea no. that, that that Randy? Yes, that's oh, what I was. Pitched. That's what I wanted to um to bring up. So it's something that he wanted to bring down, like somewhere three or four years down the line. Um, actually, you know, Malcolm, you you tell it. You you brought it up. Um, yeah. Um, like three or four years down the line, him or him and Cena tied sixteen sixteen. They main event mania. When they you know obviously gets the seventeenth. Champion, you know, the the loser retires. But then at the end, they both end up retiring. Both retiring. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, I felt like that too. I feel like whoever is the one, I thought like Cena or it could be Orton, depending on how it goes. Whoever breaks Ric Flair's streak, I always thought should retire that same night. I was like, that'll, that would honestly be a really good booking and I think you can sell it as like this is for 17 mm-hmm. you know and I think um, you know I know for, for for a long time we all figured it'll end up being Cena Cena's tied up at 16 yeah. you know um, but I think it'll make it makes perfect sense to be like okay what if you know this is how it goes down that that would be a big match feel. Just go like how you said, if they can just market and present it as seventeen. Oh, this is for seventeen. They already promoting the fuck. I, I already see the fucking five minute promo that <laughs> it'll be like some ten minutes. This will be on like uh some three sixty five uh seven like twenty four seven type of shit. Like, oh, like when they follow, follow them around, they're gonna follow them around. They're gonna document it. This is like the road to seventeen. Like I already <laughs> see, I already see everything happening on the fucking network. Then they got. I can see it too because you could get because you can have one series dedicated to Orton. And you can have one dedicated. To yeah. Orton. Then they got Paris like all the, all the legends or all the peers asking who they think gonna win. It's um, obviously, you know, they'll they'll start, you know, showing it like afterwards. You basically do a three part series. You'll go into, you know, Randy Orton and then the other one you do John Cena. The third one is going to be closer into, you know, as mania happens, the build up, the after, the blow up. And then you just this is the third episode. It's a three part mini series. You're going to have Triple H on there. I went against both of these guys. I went up both these guys, and I'll tell you this: they were both great. Vince is like, "This is some good shit." 
Good shit. Good shit. That's it. That's it. Yeah. I know a lot of people thought Triple H was going to break it, but I never saw it. No, Triple H has the worst record at WrestleMania in history, and people don't notice that. <laughs> now nah, I know why. I know what you. Was, what is I, he? I know what. He's only won, I believe, uh, three or four matches at Mania. He has by far the Miracle worst. Match. He no, he beat Lesnar at SummerSlam, or he beat him at Mania. He never beat him at at um. Because I remember the one in SummerSlam. That was the one where apparently, you know, Triple H got his um his arm broken when he used a Kimura lock. Okay. Um but his his record is not that great. And he beat Jericho for the undisputed. But yeah, I can remember he's he's, he's taking like most most of his losses at but I, I understood why they, they they thought Triple H was gonna break it because you know he was Rick Flair's successor. Yeah, and then he was winning a lot of championships at that time, and so it was starting to look like, oh, it looks like they're gonna push for Triple H to break on um, Rick's record and stuff like that. So the official stat line is nine wins and thirteen losses. That seems about right for Triple H because I feel like Triple H's character was the one that you build up a WrestleMania match. Two, but he wouldn't win. Mm-hmm. Like he'll do some heinous shit with you to get you to Mania, but in the end you go over it. And like he he's not really like the one to like win at a Mania. But I am happy that potentially I think Randy Orton and John Cena, whoever breaks the record, I think they're both deserving of it. I agree. I totally agree with that. I think it would. I think it'll definitely be a great fucking build up. Um, I would one hundred percent like be all for it. And that's like a good send off for them too, because they were one of they were like the pillars of the company mm-hmm. mid two thousands. So this is like shows respect. And they come, They came up together in OVW. So there's always backstory, like how they've been so tied to each other for so long. They were like BFFs. They traveled on the road. They were out scheming, scamming. They were, they were, they were legit. Like that's what they were. Like they were legit two frat boys doing their own thing. Shout out to that class of OVW. I'm so I'm even though Batista's retired, it's kind of sad we're not going to ever get the um, OVW Fatal Four Way. True. Oh, that that's like another oh, that shit roll, another match. Roll underground. <laughs> 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 I could potentially see maybe like a triple threat. I'm like waiting for Cena, Orton, and Lesnar. I'm also Batista's like the referee. I'm also waiting for Brock to uh to make an appearance. And just start cleaning house. I think he's coming. Now with the Thunderdome, I can see Brock coming back to TV sooner rather than later. Because I'm pretty sure Brock's main thing is like, you're not going to expose me to Corona and you're not going to have me out there looking like a bum. Mm. There's no... But you got to remember though, like Brock was like, turned the beginning of this year, Brock was actually becoming like a full-timer basically. he was clocking in. He was he was clocking in. He was collecting. A, <laughs> he's a Jew was collecting a paycheck every single time. He was getting he was getting to know his his um coworkers. Clocking in, nigga got contract the wrestler. He should be clocking in. Yeah. <laughs> clocking in. Boom. SummerSlam on the card. SummerSlam or SummerScam? There's really um. 
I guess I'm really looking forward to two matches, um, mostly for the uh, the good build up purpose. So I do. I'm actually all invested in this whole uh, Mandy and Sonya. Mm, stakes is high. The stakes is high. Apparently, what's been the build up with that? Well, the whole build up already was between Otis. Like that was like the beginning of it, and it just pretty much turned into his own thing. But what I like the like really great about it, I mean, I would have loved to see a hair versus hair, but apparently they scrapped that and made it a no DQ or like loser ends up leaving WWE for whatever fucking reason. Sonya, you know, you know, who knows? Maybe that might be it. Um, everybody was was already like, okay, who's gonna shave their head? Who's gonna? Be? I was all down for this hair versus hair, you know. Um, but that's been honestly a really good, interesting build up. I I see Sonya and I, I love what they're doing with her. Um, she's money. Um, Mandy has, I think, I wasn't too sold on her from the very beginning, but then seeing how she's been, I think the way both of them are being booked has been fucking fantastic. Okay. Yeah. Unfortunately, some fuckboy, you know, messed up the hair versus hair match this week. Some fuck boy, you know the he was the intruder that you know invaded Sonya's the career. stalker. Yeah. Oh, like DDP? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna make you famous. Make me famous. That was like one of the most weirdest like angles. Hey, Sarah. Sarah. Like that didn't even feel like DDP. But that was the whole point of it. Like, they wanted to... Because, honestly, like, I was shocked. I was like, oh, shit, it's DDP. <laughs> Holy fucking shit. So, it was it was nice because you got to remember, at that time, you had a lot of these WCW clowns that didn't want to come over and really ruin the whole invasion angle. You know, mm-hmm. um, a lot of these guys were not available. They they were they was they was like pre pandemic. They were staying home. Yeah, they were just like go oh, collecting chokes. They're like our contracts are guaranteed. We'll be paid out. Yeah, nigga Sting and Hogan was like, nah, we good. Well, Sting was never really about it. He still felt like I I can't do this. I'm gonna. Yeah, he, he knew the jig. He he knew the jig. Like once he would have went there and put his name on a dotted line, it would have been like some Space Jam shit where he was telling Jordan like, <laughs> you'll always lose. You know, he ended up fucking going. <laughs> he ended up going to TNA. You know how that happened with you know, brother Nero. That was it. Was a good move, the TNA move when he first got there. And then Hogan went in and fucking ruined it, as always. My God damn it! Yeah, Sting was doing his work, and Sting was, and he he kind of played that Jericho role, like the one yes. with the biggest name, but he wasn't burying anybody. He was also elevating as well. Yeah. And some people just bury themselves, brother Nero. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> and that's why I remember he was running around as the Joker for a little, for a little bit. Yeah. The main event mafia. <laughs> that was some. Also, with TNA, it always felt like for like the first eight, maybe nine years of that promotion, there was always somebody trying to get some power, like some faction. Mm-hmm. It was just faction warfare. Somebody was like, we taking over like every year. That's all it was. They love them factions down there. You could have called that shit total nonstop factions. (laughs) 
My favorite would always be uh, Team Canada. Like, I was about to say, Team Canada is the one for me. Team Canada was like, they were rolling deep. Yeah, Bobby Roode, Eric Young, T.D. Williams. Like, they were, they were fucking rocking. And it, and it felt fresh. And, and it, it came off... Or yeah, it came off very well on TV. Yeah, it came off very well on TV. That's why I remember my first TNA days. Like they automatically like drew me in, just because it's like Team Canada. We never had like a team state, and like you said, them niggas was beast in the ring. Yeah, and they had the match. It was just like if you guys lose, you guys have to break up Team Canada. I remember that. I would say also my another one of my favorite TNA factions was the original run of LAX. Yeah, yeah, my guys. <laughs> Homicide. Cause they even gave their own entrance. It was fucking badass. So walking in with Conan. Like that was some lit shit. They had their own entrance in the the TNA Impact Hulu. Yeah. Shout out to them. Um, anything else? Um, Oscar going for two titles. You think she comes out with both or she wins one? Nobody want to sit with Oscar. Um, hopefully, I mean, this this barely Sasha storyline ran for a while now. I'm very curious to see how this plays out, to be quite honest. Could we have Oscar two belts? Mm. Or, oh, can we get some backstab? Once Ooh. one person loses the belt and they blame it on the other, exactly. We get the we finally get the few we've been waiting for all year. Which can basically can can be another really great scenario, and I thought about the exact same thing. I can see Bailey. I can see Bailey losing, and if Sasha retains, I can see her turning on Sasha. Mm. Or do they? Because I think that. Yeah. Because I think that puts the whole story in full circle. Because Sasha was always the one without the champion, the main championship. Mm-hmm. So Bailey loses hers, but Sasha keeps hers, and now Bailey wants. So I think it goes and we'll put the whole. What was this? The Rob Schneider movie. Uh, Shit, Chuck and Larry. It's like, it's like a circle. It's like a circle. It's like a small circle. So it's a Man, circle. Barely had the, the strap for over 400, 400 days. 400 years? Like, <laughs> 400 <damn. laughs> I feel like 400 years. <laughs> hey, I guess because it was like the. Because she was on almost every show, even NXT here and there. Mm-hmm. And the same, like I said, WWE. I'm happy they got the Dunderdome because them running in the PC, even though it, it was the last resort, it it needed to be changed in a sense. Like it was becoming very same samey TV. Yeah, and it's not their fault. They they were hold up in one location. They try to do the best they can, but just present presentation wise, you could tell something was lacking. Yeah, and it's true, true. Yeah, so you know we got. Those are the big main event matches. Honestly, for me, that's what's also really I'm really waiting for. It's really um, the Dominic and uh, Seth Rollins match. Yeah, the street fight. That's really fifteen years later. That's on exactly. That's honestly the one match that I can honestly say that I am been heavily invested. Um, I know Dominic's gonna come in. He has his new gear. Apparently, you know he's. Not tonight, but apparently he's, you know, there's been talks of him, you know, going with, you know, with the family business and actually wearing the mask eventually down the line and make it a thing. Um, but I'm really, really excited for this. 
I, I think they could save the match for some character development down the line. Like, start him off pure face. Yeah. And then he feels like he's lacking. Like, maybe I need to pick up the mask and start picking up some victories. I was going to say, it would be crazy if he beat Seth Rollins with a, fi- uh, with a frog splash. Like like his daddy? Yeah. <laughs> That's long-term booking. Yeah. Like, where did he get that move from? There's like, I he's, don't know. I think, I think he got it from his papa. He's out, he's out here stunning like his daddy. But that, I, I don't know if they have that plan, but if uh, Dominic bust out the frog splash... I, anyway, through that match, I, I think I, that that'd be really good. I think what could end up happening is he'll probably, maybe he he can do the frog splash, but I think what end up happening is that he'll probably pop up the three amigos. Okay, I can as like the closest. I think I like we'll get. Yeah, I think I'll def, that spot has to be in there. Yeah, this been it's been a good storyline. That goes to show you know Seth Rollins been putting in that work all year. Yeah, he has the the god awful baby face run, the man's man. And the thing is that this whole cult thing, he's been one of the very few, I think, that's been able to succeed without having a you know a crowd. Yeah, he didn't get to take a ninety nine it like that. No, like I think he's been doing a really good job. You know, and there've been there's also been the the talks that apparently, you know, Seth Rollins, you know, kind of really based his character off from the father from you know Far Cry. I can see that because he's a big gamer. Yeah, and I I'm pretty sure like if you really look at the way he talks, a lot of how his promos come off, it's really hand in hand. You can like even just go on, Google it yourself. You can see how much of a uh, a comparison it is. So many similarities. I even felt that with um with Bo Dallas in his NXT run. If um anybody's watched Blue Mountain State, he came off very like Dad Castle like. Hey man, you got fun inspiration somewhere. <laughs> but no, it's it's cool when when wrestlers do that where they can like take some parts of of a different entity and also apply it to their character without straight up jocking. or like some Jay Z and I <laughs> shit. Straight up dropping. <laughs> nah, Jay Z a grimy nigga. I remember the last no, because I remember the last time he came out with some shit, and they dropped the Lion King two album. I was like, that was last year. I was like, why? I was like, why Jay doing this? It was, even, and then he gonna use Beyonce. Like, yeah, you know, it was even Beyonce wanted. To it was drop. even more grimy when he dropped the Nas album with Kanye, and then they said, yo, you know what? We are gonna drop the album on Saturday. <laughs> Which one was that? Um, four, now, four, when four? they did everything is him and Beyonce album. Okay. We gonna we gonna uh, drop more salary. Yeah. Um. Let me see. Any other match? I think that's about it. Apollo Cruz MVP. Yeah. Street Profits versus Andrade and Angel. But yeah. Um. So I think SummerSlam is going to be a good weekend for everybody. AEW, SummerSlam, Thunderdome, Underground. Everybody get their bids. Everybody tell their ladies, yo, I'll holler at you at 10 after all the shows is over. <laughs> yeah, especially if you watch basketball, you're probably in basketball, wrestling, wrestling, basketball tonight. You know? Bob, 
any like last minute things you want to touch on? Think about thoughts. Um, it's not well. It's wrestling, sort of race wrestling. It was officially the keys to hand over XFL loans to the Rock. No, so Rock yeah. owns it now. Okay. That's big for Rock. My man only had $7 in his pocket one. He's like a big-ass movie star, and he owns a semi-professional sports league. Mr. Seven Bucks. It was like, it was really, it was really seven fifty, but, you know, you're not counting count the change. Not counting the change. Um, same thing for me. Uh, let me see. Oh, let me um, shout out my good friend, my actress friend, Lena. She She had a party over by me. About a oh, week this ago. is the infamous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the shit yeah. was real yeah, in here. The shit was real yeah, in here. Like, I don't know if I listen to this, like, fuck with some disco or some seventies, eighties music, but I do. She played that shit was lit in here. It was Studio Fifty Four for she real. Was like, yo, Terrence got me over here with these. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah, what's going on? But it was I liked it because like I said, she she's an actress, so she brought over like her acting her acting circle. So it was cool to have like a different type of like like vibe. Because actors move at like their own pace. Like they all have their quirks. Even and during her party, the niggas was like doing scenes in the kitchen. Yeah, I forgot you was doing that because niggas was like come through. I'm like, come through. Nah, it's all cool, because the thing was, I think I'm going to expand on her idea. Maybe in two months, I'm trying to plan um, and market uh, a 70s, 80s night at my crib. So we'll definitely keep you updated on that, because I have fun, man. Yeah, this nigga T turning into Puffy. <laughs> I know, damn Puffy. But um, this is the Go Home Show, guys. Hope you guys enjoy your SummerSlam weekend. Um, Minnesota Timberwolves, number one pick. Rangers with the number one pick. We can't forget about that. That that was big. Yeah. The big, big. The big show. Like, Rangers got some talent. And the thing is, I always felt like Rangers, like, when I started watching hockey till now, it always seemed they would have, like, one or two goal scorers, and, and they would, like, shrivel up in the playoffs just because it's, like, added pressure. Yeah. So I'm liking that it seems like going into the playoffs, if they reach – they have, like, a depth of, like, people who can score. Now, this dude that they're potentially grabbing at number one, this nigga could fucking hit the back of the net. So, him, Panarin, Kako, Sabanajad, um, the other guys they have, like, I, I really like how the Rangers are looking. Yeah, so, you know. We got one MSG team on the rise. The other one, we got to figure out what they're going to do next. No, we'll see. See how these, um, these games and these, um, these pay-per-views go tonight. Is the um, episode getting uploaded tomorrow for before some SummerSlam? Huh? I was like, is the um, episode getting uploaded tomorrow before SummerSlam, before we dip out? Mm. I'll I, I work on it. I'll see what I can do. Work my magic on it. All right. All right, y'all. So this is the Go Home Show. If you don't hear us before SummerSlam, you hear us after. And then our next episode, we'll talk about all the fuckery that has gone down this weekend. Until then, it's your boy Money Moat. It's Teddy Lucid. Chris Garcia says, deuces, y'all. We out.